Yeah, give it up. What an exciting time. I love that we do those videos, kind of a year in review, because uh, you forget about some of those things. But it's a great sign also that, the, the, that God is moving in our midst, amen? And God is doing things through Northland Church, and what an exciting uh, way just to put all that together. See that? So thank you for those that made it, and uh, thank you for being a part of just everything that God was doing in, um, in our midst this year. Now, one of the things you saw in that number up there was 1,152 slices of pizza have been devoured. Well, there was one that went unaccounted for, found a few weeks ago when we were cleaning up. You don't want to know where I was laying down when I found this, so that gives you an idea where it may have been. But I'll just put it over here as Exhibit A, send that out to the lab later, or if, uh, if you need a little pick-me-up during the service, it'll be here for you. <laughs> Always amazing. I don't know what's more dangerous, laying on the floor over there or finding that. So we're, we're in, this, in this series, walking through the book of Acts, and I'm very excited to, to be up here today, but also just to be walking through this book. This is an incredible book written by Luke, and, and so we, we, we get to see all of these acts, the things that are taking place at the very beginning, this at the outset of the beginning of the church that you and I still are a part of today. And so what I want to do, I just want to kind of just welcome us in, but also just caution you that the, the semblances of the early church, the pictures that you're going to see today, I want to just remind us that the church is not a place, like a building. It's not a, a, a membership. It's a, it's a movement. It's not a program. It's not an attendance thing. It's it's a, it, it's a movement, and, and as we get into this today, I'm excited, and I want to remind us that we are a part of that movement. And so, with that being said, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and we will start there this morning, one of the most exciting and times in, in, in the life of, especially in the New Testament, as we see what's happening at the outset of the beginning of the church. So, let's start with verse 1, it says, and on the day of Pente- when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, first question I would ask that why were all these people gathered in one place and what in the world is a Pentecost? And so let's, let's start there and unpack this. Pentecost was kind of the, the, celebra- the beginning of the celebration of uh, the beginning of all the harvest. There were, there were two harvests. One would hit in mid-May and uh, the, the spring, and then the other one would hit later on in the fall. And, and, and Pentecost was, was one of those uh, festivals where they began to, to celebrate that. Um, it would fall sometime in between that, that middle of May, maybe sometimes the first week of June. Uh, and then the second one, like I said, would fall later, come, uh, later on in the fall. Uh, there were several festivals, celebrations, observances that led up to uh, Pentecost. Uh, like you've got Passover, you've got the, the, uh, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you've got the, the Feast of First Fruits that took place leading up to Pentecost. And the, 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 the Feast of First Fruits was the beginning, it was kind of like the beginning and the celebration of the, the barley harvest. And what would happen if you were trying to figure out when does the day of Pentecost, when does that get set? Well, according to the Old Testament, you would go to the day of the celebration of the first fruits, and the beginning of that day count out 50 days. And that 50th day would be the day of Pentecost. And so now you have kind of an idea of, of these festivals that are put into this. So the first fruits is the beginning of the barley harvest, and Pentecost would be representing and celebrating the wheat harvest. So a couple other things that we need to know about Pentecost. Number one, it was, a, it was kind of a, a pilgrimage festival, which meant by Jewish law, all the, all the Jewish men would have to come from all over the region to come here to this one place for the celebration. It was a, 
Uh, it was a, a, a holiday, so there was no uh, servile work. There was, there was no school. Most of the shops were closed. It was literally a day to party. It was literally a day to come and intentionally celebrate with your family of what was taking place. And then the third thing is that there were certain sacrifices and offerings that were prescribed on that day of Pentecost, things that they would have to do uh, as a part of that celebration. One of those things on Pentecost would be that the high priest at a later point in the day would, would come out and he would, he would present two loaves of bread and offer them up to the Lord. And it was a time of just recognizing who the author of the blessings truly was. God Almighty, and how good he had been to them in that time. It was a time to pause and to recognize, just to wait, and to realize how big God is, and to realize where we fall underneath him, and make him our priority. So it was a real real poignant time of the day, real poignant time of that Pentecost uh, celebration. And, And the other thing is that this Pentecost, it brought people in from all over. They're all coming, and as, as the, the end of verse 1 says, they together in one place. But for what? For what are they gathering for? And we're, we're getting ready to see the next verse is an account by Luke, the catalyst moment when the church flame was lit. This is exciting. Read this with me in verse 2. It says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now the language here lends itself... To, to communicate that these were hurricane force winds. In other words, you and I are familiar with that. If you've grown up in Florida, you're familiar with that very well, right? Like we're riding the storm out and at the peak of the storm. By the way, if you've not, you've just moved to Florida in the last year and you haven't experienced this yet, just wait. Um, but, but here we are, we're in the middle of the storm. You and I know this very well. We're all hunkered down. That's a Florida term, all right? And so we're hunkered down and we're waiting and the, the, the peak of the storm hits and we start to hear that creaking in your house, that creaking of your roof. And you're like, oh man, is this it? Is it about to happen, right? My, my roof is about to go find another address. Is this going to be it? And it's at that moment, the, the, the room that they're sitting in is filled with the sound, the sound of a hurricane force wind. And that was the entering of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder, I just imagine, in our meeting this, this morning, what would that be like? Shock, fear. I bet there was some definite praying going on. What must it have been like to be in that room 
at the onset of, of, of the Spirit of God coming in there, coming into their hearts, and those, those early followers, those early men and women, ordinary people. I bet they were praying. I bet, it, I bet they were so excited yet fearful at the same time that this, and just knew that this could only come from one place. This can only be the work of God. This can only be the Spirit of God coming, falling down upon us. Powerful, immense, the sound, the feel. Look at verse 3, go on, it says, then verse, it says, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. <laughs> what does this mean? I mean, it's crazy enough to have that sound. And we wonder if we put ourselves in our shoes, what would our response be after hearing that sound? A little bit later in our service, we're going to have a time of just response and worship where we get just to sit in that moment and respond and ask the Holy Spirit to fall upon us today. But now there's, now there's, there's, there's tongues of fire resting on, on each other. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor. Just imagine a, a tongue of fire resting on the side of their face right now. Like, what are, we, what are you supposed to do with that? What do we do with that? Like, do, I mean, do I, do I let them know? Like, hey, you got a little something. Like, what, what do I do with that? Am I supposed to, like, like put it out? Like, you know, like, what? You, stop, drop, and roll them? Like, what, what are you going to? And it goes on. This is, this is the beginning. What does that mean? Says they, verse 4 says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, like it was talked about in Acts 1-8, remember? And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues. It was it's the languages, the other languages. They were speaking in their native languages, and they were giving testimony to what God was doing. They were, they were, they were witnessing to each other in their own native languages. Incredible word picture there that Luke paints for us. I remember, wonder what that must be like. I remember going on my very first mission trip with my dad to Brazil, and we went down there for the very purpose was to construct um, just a small chapel, uh, church building for a, a congregation that did not have a place to, to, uh, to call home yet. And, uh, and we get down there, and we start our construction project, and about midweek, it's a Wednesday night, and the, Mr. Blackwell, the missionary there, said, um, he said, hey, tonight we're going to go to a prayer meeting. Well, I grew up in the, you know, the Church of the United States, just like you did. And so Wednesday night prayer meeting meant to me, like, oh, we're going to a church. There's going to be a dinner. Then we're going to read through a sheet of paper with some prayer requests on it. And then we're going to go home, right? Well, he said we're going to a prayer meeting. And we went to a prayer meeting. And so we get there, and there's just this little tiny building with a couple breakout rooms. And this is a building that they're renting because they don't have a, a church, a, a home church yet, an actual structure of building. And so we get, we get in there, and, and, the, and this interpreter, we have a, a good time of meeting and, and understanding, getting to know each other a little bit, and then the, the interpreter comes out and he says, you know, uh, the pastor wants us to break up in the room, so your team is going to mix it up with the, uh, the, the Brazilian people. It's like, this is going to be great, it's exciting. And I remember I got matched up with, with two guys, and, and they were older than me. One was, I found out later, was like 72 years old, and I'm a college student. I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to be cool. And, and so I go in this room. And I sit, and we're just standing, and the interpreter comes in, kind of tells us what we're going to be doing. We're going to pray, and then, then leaves. And so it's just me, English-speaking me, and I've got two brothers that speak nothing but Portuguese. And so the time came. All that's sitting in the middle of the floor is this wooden chair. 
And the time came, and they dropped to their knees, and they began to pray. And I just followed suit, because I didn't know what else to do. And I began to pray with them. This went on for a good hour. They began to pray in Portuguese. I had no idea what was coming out of their mouth. I began to pray in English. They had no idea what was coming out of my mouth. But here's what I know. Is that in that moment, I knew exactly what they were praying. And they knew exactly what I was praying. It was the Holy Spirit was there. And, and the Holy Spirit that night busted heaven wide open so that our prayers could be heard by our God. It was incredible. It, it, it changed my perception of my faith. It changed my perception of how big God actually was. It changed my perception of who the Holy Spirit was. Because in that moment, the Holy Spirit is taking our prayers together. And I, don't, I can't understand the language, but I can understand his heart. I can't understand this gentleman's language, but, but man, he can understand my heart and where I'm coming from. And this went on for a good hour. And I was just, just, remember, just mesmerized by how good God was, but how big, much bigger God was than I ever dreamed that he could be. And I remember we left there and we came out and we're on our way home and, and we're on our way back to our, our host home. And, and uh, uh, Mr. Blacko, my dad, are, are having a conversation in the front. And, and then my dad turned to me and was like, hey, Rob, ever been to a prayer meeting like that? <laughs> I was like, no, absolutely not. And then Mr. Blackwell, the missionary, started to tell me, he's like, you know that guy that you're praying with, the 72-year-old guy? He was, uh, he was one of the original members of this congregation. And he started praying three years ago, God, give us a church. God, give us a place that we can call our church, our home. And he said, for three years he's been praying, and you're here this week helping to build that church. I was like, man, I had no idea. He goes, and the guy that was across from him, he didn't speak the same language as he did. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't, I, they were, it was all the same to me, right? But he spoke a different dialect from a different region than this other gentleman. And so there's three different languages that are taking place here, all being used by the Holy Spirit to glorify who? Jesus. Amen? And imagine that, what, that must have been what it was like here in this community. You see, God doesn't need greater volume in our prayers. He needs greater depth. And not a depth that can be seen by man, but a depth that can be felt by the community of man. We continue to read. This is right then. This is the empowering, uh, empowered action by the church. Now, verse 5. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So now the, the sound that you and I just heard that was in the room, well, now the multitude is beginning together because it was heard outside the room. And so they're coming out and they're asking questions. What was that? You remember the, the space shuttle program when it was in its heyday? Incredible, incredible thing to see the launch of. And, and do you remember when those things would, would re-enter the Earth's atmosphere? And there would be this, this sonic boom. And, and, and Steve Groves reminded me this morning there was actually two sonic booms. They had this bam, bam. And news agencies all throughout the week would be telling us three days ahead of time, hey guys, this is going to happen on Friday. This is going to happen in a couple days here. And they'd tell us again on Thursday. And they'd tell us again Friday morning. Don't be alarmed. Stop calling 911 when you hear these you know, sonic booms go off. And then we'd get going with our day and we'd forget, right? And then all of a sudden, later in the day, these things would, would miraculously re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. Still can't get over that. Bam, bam. And the house would rattle. The windows would shake. Car alarms going off everywhere, right? And people would still stumble out of their house and go, what is it? 
People were bewildered. You hear something like that, you see something like that, people want to know, and they were curious. And that set up the reason that all this, this multitude is gathered here so that they can hear the answer to that question, what is it? And the miracle, the miracle power working of the Holy Spirit began at the sound. At the sound. They came together, inside the room, outside the room. Now, they were empowered to obey God's word, and they were empowered to go. Next week, we get the opportunity to, to, to walk through the very first sermon that was ever preached in a church. We're going we're to take a look next week at Peter's sermon, the very first sermon ever preached in a church. We're, we're going to grade him, see how he did. But I want you to see something, because after Peter's message in, in the next passages, they react. The spirit moves and something happens, and I want you to see this. With me, look at, skip over to, to verse 41. It says, so those who received this word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. How many? 3,000 souls. Okay, remember that. We're going to do a little bit of by the numbers ourselves right here for a second. I want you to go on this little scripture run with me. We know this was the day of Pentecost, right? You still with me? All right, so this is happening on the day of Pentecost. Look at back at um, Exodus chapter 19. I think we're going to run this up there. And I want you to see this connection with your own, uh, with your own eyes. It says, we know that the, the, the book of Luke tells us that Jesus was crucified during that time of the Passover. So now 50 days later, here we are at the Feast of the First Fruits, or the Feast of Pentecost, rather. And they're celebrating the day that God gave the law to Moses and his people, the commandments. And I want you to see this connection. Look, read with me Exodus 19, 16. This is what happened when God gave his people the law. Verse 16, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up to the, the, like a smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called, to Moses, called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people, lest they break through the Lord to look, and many of them perish. So basically, God descends, descends down on Mount Sinai in fire, in such a way that people can't get near God's presence or else they will be destroyed. Like the end, gone. See you later. Now in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, when they're remembering that this was the day that God gave the law to Moses, gave the law to the people, and judged them, right, according to their actions, on this same day, what's happening? God is descending again in, in tongues of fire, Right? He's descending again on that tongues of fire. So the fire connection, you got that right, but we're not done. Watch this. Starting in Exodus 19.20, we have the law. It goes all the way from Exodus, uh, there all the way through Exodus 31. You skip over to the end of 31, verse 18, it says this. Check this out. So we have God's law given from uh, chapter 20 all the way through 31. And then in chapter 31, verse 18, it says this. And God gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony. Two tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. His law was written on these tablets of stone. Then in the next chapter, Exodus 32, it says, we have a story about where, where Moses is up on the mountain, and the people, I'm not sure what's going on, what they missed here, but the people down below, they're building an altar of golden calf, and they start worshiping it. 
God's already given one warning. And then what happens? God says to Moses, they deserve my judgment. And so look at verse 32, 28. It says, look at how many people die under the judgment of God. Okay, it says, the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day about 3,000 men of the people fell. Huh. So in Acts 2, on the day when God's people are remembering that God brought the law down and he came down on Mount Sinai in fire, on that same day in Acts 2, what's happening? He's coming down in fire and things are happening. Except this time, here's what we see. And just how many people start to testify. People start to witness. And how many people got saved at the end of that day? 3,000. I don't think that's by coincidence. I don't. Because the Spirit of God just changed everything. For them in that moment and for you and I today, the Spirit of God is living in us. And because the Spirit of God is living in us, then now now we can have victory over our sin. Now we can have victory over temptation. Now we can fully understand what it means as a part of our salvation. Because we have the Spirit of God living in us us. Don't take that lightly. You see, that's what God said he was going to do. Because when he brought the law down, people couldn't obey on their own merit. They just couldn't. They just couldn't do it. They just couldn't help themselves. They just continued to disobey God. I mean, it was like a one chapter difference from, hey, you should stop worshiping those idols and worship me. And then a chapter later, what are they doing? They're rebuilding another idol and start worshiping that idol. We just can't do it. We're human. But when the spirit came, it changed everything. God promised it in Ezekiel 36, 27. He says, I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And now in Acts 2, guess what's happening? These people didn't have the power on their own, but now they do. Now we do have that power of God in us to be able to overcome those things that have kept us down. So let me just summarize this for you. We have the power of God living in us. You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, empowering you to do what God has called you to do. Don't take that lightly. Living life the way that he has designed you to live. Jesus left in Acts 1 so that in Acts 2, he could send the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper that you and I need. You see, the church was a movement. It was a movement that that, that literally changed the way that the, 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 the history would unfold in decades, centuries, thousands of years later. And here's the incredible thing. You and I, we're a part of it. This movement is still happening today in 2022, and Northland Church is still a part of it. Amen? We are. But I think sometimes we have have forgotten who we are. Rob, what kind of movement is it? Well, let me tell you, it started with this. It started with people who are ordinary. They're not extraordinary. They're everyday, common people just like me, just like you. That's who it started with. There's not these like superhero Bible characters that like these guys got together like the Avengers and said, we're going to do something. No, this was God's plan. This was God's plan. There is no backup plan. God is going to empower his church through his Holy Spirit. For the sake of humanity, there is no backup plan. This is it. You and I, we're a part of it. We're a part of his plan, his working of the Holy Spirit. And none of that would have ever been possible had that original 120 people not done what they had been told. 
That was the empowered church. They were empowered in the waiting. That's where you and I are today. Empowered in the waiting. Here's what I mean. Do you know what the 120 did, right? They did exactly what Jesus told them. They went to Jerusalem. They gathered in an upper room. And they began to what? The language says they began to pray. They began to what? They began to pray. The language doesn't say, hey, they met in one accord and, and they went into an upper room and they began to have strategy meetings. They didn't go, the language doesn't say they went in one accord and they began to, to, to get in a room and start whiteboarding and, and having marketing campaign meetings of how we can get more people to show up in a building every week. No, the Holy Spirit of God was moving and God said, you stay here and you wait upon me and when I, my spirit comes, you will know. And until that moment, don't move. Wait upon the Lord. Thankfully, they did that. Because these 120 people knew that what God was calling them to do was way bigger than anything that they could ever imagine. What God was calling to do was was bigger than any individual can do, and it was greater than the the whole of them could do without the power of God. And what we see as we continue to read in the book of Acts over the next several weeks, all of the things that happen here, and there's some really cool stories coming up, so don't miss it. But everything that happens in here, anything great, doesn't happen outside the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen aside of God's working hand through the Holy Spirit happening and working through the lives of these believers. And this was the beginning. And as we continue to walk through Acts, you're going to see a mighty movement through a mighty God. You see, this is who God called us to be. Ordinary men, ordinary women, just like you and I. I promise you, if you live with me, you would find out really quickly. There is nothing special about me. Just just an average guy. But God chose these people to move into and to start his church in. And today, we're still moving. We're still a part of it. So I'm asking you this morning, is your heart postured in a place where you could ask the Holy Spirit to live inside you. Would you pause today? Have you offered up your life as a sacrifice to God and said, God, use me. For I am a clean vessel. I am an unclean vessel. I'm a vessel that doesn't know I'm a vessel. Would you use me, Holy Spirit, to work and complete what you want to do in your church today? This weekend we've asked that they put the the kneeling benches out here. So they're, they're here. In just a few minutes, we're going to have an extended time of, of response today. And just asking, Holy Spirit, would you just fall upon this church? Would you fall upon me as an individual? And God, I want to be spirit-led. I want to live a spirit-led life. Here's, here's what I think has happened. I don't know why in the evangelical church today, we talk about God this much. We talk about Jesus this much. And we talk about the Holy Spirit this much. Maybe it just seems unfamiliar. Maybe it's because people have taken it and and distorted it and make it something that it's not supposed to be. But I just know this. I just know that when the Spirit entered those believers, when the Spirit entered my life, when I asked Jesus to come to my life, everything changed. My perspective changed. My faith changed. The way I saw other people changed. The calling upon my life changed. I think a lot of us think of 
the Holy Spirit is some kind of subscription plus type thing, like Disney plus, ESPN plus, right? Like we think that we have to go to, to go to church so many more times, we have to be a part of a certain Bible study in order to understand fully what the Holy Spirit is. It's not true. The day you asked Jesus to come into your life, the Holy Spirit of God came in you and is working in your life today. That's who the Holy Spirit is. At Christmas, we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Today, we're celebrating God in us, God through us. So join me in prayer. Would you stand and pray along with me? When I'm done praying, you can come to the altar here today. Just spend some time praying, asking God, Lord, help me to posture my heart. Holy Spirit, fall down upon this place. Or you can sit at your seat. You can stand. You can sit during this extended time of response. Father, I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful that we can see, we get to read stories. When your spirit came upon this group of believers, oh God, would you fall fresh on us. Spirit, come and fall fresh on us. Father, may we pray, may we posture ourselves to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. May we point people to Jesus in everything that we say, everything that we do. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Amen.